Today is Wednesday, August 23rd, and I'm going to do a monocast today because our guests needed to reschedule to next week. So the title of today's monocast is We Are the Target of Satan's Deception. And so my introduction is this. I've been asked if I could only read one chapter of the Bible, what would it be? And my answer is Genesis 3. What's the reason? Because in Genesis 3 was the first time God told us indirectly that our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made. And he did that because Adam and Eve were going to live forever if they didn't disobey. Then sin entered the world through Satan's deception and man wanting his own way. Our desire for knowledge to be like God has been the idolatry pursued ever since. And for the record, God is not against knowledge. He is against knowledge replacing him. The neatest part about Genesis 3 is God also laid out his plan to redeem man and provide a way back to him as a result of the sin, which shows the kind of God that I worship. So how has Satan deceived us in the medical murder lane that I have jumped into since Grace's death? And that's the topic that I want to go through today. Before getting started, there are two things that I want to state by way of paradigm shifts, because these these are tough truths to, to swallow. But God warned us of all of this ahead of time. And so the two par- two things I want to state, number one is that God is the enemy of Satan. As a result of that fact, humanity is the target of his deceptive plan. Number two, Satan has been working for thousands of years convincing mankind that people are too expensive. He now has that agenda front and center publicly. So you've heard me talk about Obamacare many times, Ezekiel Emanuel, is the chief architect of Obamacare. And his public statement, he's not bashful about this, is that if we are a non-contributing citizen, we don't deserve medical care. So all of us are going to be non-contributing citizens at some point in our life. So then we look at what are they talking about in the spirit of collectivism, and that is the costs of Medicare and Medicaid. So we have now over 100 million Americans on Medicare and Medicaid. The cost is, is you know, it's beyond what we can even grasp. Realize that that's all a lie because it's a fiat currency. So the, there technically is no cost. But they've used that as a premise to reduce the population. And they're studying with people on Medicare and Medicaid. That's how Grace lost her life. Grace was on Medicaid. Generally, the elderly are on Medicare. And what's an interesting twist is that we are being sold that Medicare is what we deserve once we're 65. We've been paying for it our whole life through a payroll deduction. And then we get free health care once we're 65. But that health care is written such that The protocols that the medical providers have to adopt are meant to hasten our death, which we're going to go through in a little bit more detail when we go through the flowchart that I have prepared. So, Don, can you now bring in the flowchart, please? And I'm going to switch screens. All right. So this is the gist of what I'd like to go through today. And you can see on the top, I've called it from chickens to medical murder in 120 years. What's next? 
So in the old days, the good old days is the green on the left. This is before the Rockefellers. It's not that long ago. So think about 1900 and before. The way a doctor was involved in our lives was we would contact the doctor to set broken bones and bandage wounds. The doctor would visit the patient at his or her home and the doctor would receive a chicken as a payment. Why? Because he was just one of us. We we're all we we're all the same. And everybody, you know, had at least a if they didn't believe in God directly, they had a casual belief in God. So that was the norm for mankind. And the death date, of course, at that point was determined by God. God knows the death date because he's sovereign of every person that's ever walked the face of the earth. So now let's move forward to today. And what I'm doing with this item in blue in the middle is laying out the way that was happening before COVID and then the new way that COVID exposed. So what happened in that old way, this is the Ezekiel Manual Obamacare. We had CMS, which is the Center for Medicaid Services and insurance companies setting the standards of care under the guise that, well, we got to have these standards of care. They'll make things for hospitals and doctors more efficient. They're cost saving, uh, all these lies that were told to us. But in fact, what the standards of care did was they hastened death. And they did that through using certain drugs, of course, with if you're diagnosed with cancer, they use radiation and chemo or surgery. And these became the standards of care. The hospitals and doctors then implement the nurse in this old model that was pre-COVID was still an advocate. She was the last line of defense. And I'm going to give you a specific example that really helped me understand this, this piece of the flowchart. About six and a half years ago, I was diagnosed with heart disease. And I started studying up. In fact, I spent a couple hundred hours researching. I read a book called Undoctored, written by a cardiologist who laid out the money involved with the lies that were being sold relative to heart disease. And so the main lie is that once you have heart disease, you got to get on a statin drug. And the statin drug does reduce cholesterol. And that is their big lie with heart disease is that you've got high cholesterol. We've got to get that cholesterol down. The only way you can do it is with the statin. And you know the reason I say that's one of the big lies is as I researched heart disease, high cholesterol isn't even in the top 10 for causes of heart disease. So why would you use a statin to reduce something that isn't even the cause? Well, it's because that's the standard of care to hasten death. The nurse who was involved at that time with my care was wonderful. So she was an advocate. She pulled me aside and said, Scott, I want to share with you why we keep pushing the statin on you. I said, well, yeah. She said, I'd like to tell you something you're not going to want to hear. So I said, okay, whip it on me. And she said, we have to get our patient population on the Medicare and Medicaid protocol. So I'm, I wasn't on Medicare and Medicaid, nothing. I was on regular insurance at that time. Now we don't have any insurance because we've completely checked out of the allopathic medicine lie. But at that point I had regular insurance. So I wasn't under Obamacare, Medicare, Medicaid, but the standards of care are the same universally. So she, she told me specifically, our Medicare and Medicaid reimbursement rates are based on the percentage of our patient population that we can convince to follow the government protocols. And if 
we have enough people like you who are not willing to do that. We have to fire you from our practice so we can keep our Medicare and Medicaid reimbursement rates up. So that is, you know, we still were being uh, sold a lie, but none of us really knew that. This is behind the scenes. You know, I, I learned this six and a half years ago and I just thought, well, you know, this is just our typical corrupt government. But I wasn't awake to this whole agenda at this time. So then, you know, obviously what happens is by following those protocols that are really designed to kill us, but not directly, they hasten death. Well, hastening death is murder. All right, so then what happened with COVID? Well, COVID exposed that the NIH, CDC, and FDA are now implementing emergency use authorizations, PrEP Act, standards of care, protocols, and those protocols now directly kill us. So remdesivir, 75% kill rate, ventilators, 90% kill rate, the jab, you know, we're going to find out what the kill rate is, but it, it's substantial. And, you know, they authorize those and incentivize those. Last week, I was turned on to a document by Aurora Health that showed that doctors in the last quarter of 2021 received a $296,000 quarterly bonus for promoting the jab, assuming they could get 75% of their patients jabbed in that window of time where they were promoting. Well, of course, the government had to be incentivizing Aurora Health because they're not just going to give money away to the doctors at, at the tune of $296,000 per doctor. It doesn't make any sense. All right, so now the doctors and nurses implement, and the nurse has become an accomplice. So how do I know this? Because I know this because of Grace's death, and now that I'm out there advocating, I see it. And I can give two specific stories. My wife and I, my wife Cindy and I rescued Robert Pazer from a hospital in Green Bay, Wisconsin in November. We physically removed him as we had him in the wheelchair with his mom and his power of attorney there and we're ready to go. The nurse was in the room and I asked her specifically, I said, I, I, I may never have this chance again. So I just want to ask you a question. I said, you know that they were trying to kill him. You don't have to acknowledge that. But I, the question I have for you is, why did you participate? And she said, I'm from the Philippines, and if I don't do what they say, they, they will deport me. One locally, so that was in Green Bay, which is still local for me, but in the Grace was murdered in Appleton, Wisconsin. The competing hospital in Appleton, Wisconsin, a nurse, when I first started speaking out, called a reporter who did an article on Grace's story and said, that man, me, is lying about the illegal DNR that was put on Grace. Well, then she called that same reporter back about three months ago and said, he's not lying. I am the power of attorney and nurse for my dad in the hospital. He's in his 90s, and the doctor put an illegal DNR on my dad. So I talked to the reporter. I said, can you arrange a phone call with this nurse? And she said, yeah. So I did. I talked with the nurse. And I said, will you come on radio and TV with me and explain this? People's lives are at stake. And she said, no, I can't do that. I'm 66 years old. I'm a year away from retirement. So now you can see how the nurses have become an accomplice. What's the result? Actual death. And then money paid directly for submission to this agenda. I'm calling it the agenda, the population reduction agenda. Okay, so now we go to the final piece of this, this uh, flow chart, and I'm calling it the future. And as I put this flow chart together last week, the first three columns, and then one o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning this last week, I was awoken from a dream, and this new 
future way was given to me. So, you know, of course, when you're stumbling around, when you wake up from a dream like that, uh, you got to quick jot the notes. I grabbed my cell phone, sent myself a couple of emails, and this is the result. So what does the future look like? Well, the World Health Organization his, controls everything. They have a database of all of us and our social credit score, along with our birth certificate values, become a customized by the with those two things ai develops a customized standard of care for each one of us so then our death date is no longer determined by god our death date is because we're slaves of this new system is determined by the ai idol so that's how i see it happening in the future it's already in play you know as i've been learning the technology that is in place is so far ahead of what we know as a population, 50, 60 years ahead. So this is already in place. They're ready to go. When Grace was taken out, I had thought that AI was probably involved, but I really thought it was more manual than, than um, all behind the scenes because, you know, I saw that Medicare patients, I mean, Medicaid patients were six times more likely to die in a hospital of COVID than non-Medicaids. I thought, well, how are they doing that? Well, it's pretty obvious. I mean, you know instantly as soon as you check into a hospital what type of insurance the person has. And of course, the protocol follows the insurance. All right, so then to wrap things up, I've got to pull this up on my screen, Don, so give me just a minute. All right, so I want to... Um, now that we've gone through that flow chart, I want to make the quantum leap, leap for people in your mind. So Satan only cares about souls. That's the quantum leap here. So in that light, exposing evil. So I, you can see, obviously, I'm, I'm shedding light on evil. By exposing that evil, here's the, here's the sleight of hands that he's doing on an esoteric level. That falls perfectly into the trap that he has set. Well, how? Because God says he, Satan will reinvent himself, reinvent himself as an angel of light, light, duping the unprepared with security and comfort and claim to put an end to this evil that has been exposed. Remember, he's the cause of the evil, but he's also going to look like a savior on a white horse coming in with maybe we have military tribunals, gold-backed financial system all kinds of things that are going to put an end to this evil. And we will fall for it because what do we do as mankind? We fall for solutions of security and comfort by men every time. Look at what happened after 9-11. 9-11 was maybe the worst tragedy that ever happened in the United States. Caused by Satan, the United States is in on it. And what's the, so now we have the classic Hegelian dialectic problem. 9-11, reaction, fear, solution, giveaway rights under the guise of security and comfort. This is the most important revelation that I could share as a watchman on the wall. Satan has masterfully used the Hegelian dialectic to accomplish his esoteric war against mankind. Now we have the problem, all this evil that's being exposed. What's the reaction? You know, obvious fear. We saw it with COVID. You know, we all fell for the fear almost instantly, three weeks to flatten the curve. And then 70% of the population took the jab. The solution was the jab. Well, now the solution will be the angel of light to fix this evil. And the reason I know that this is 
from Satan is because we see a whole bunch of this being proposed right now. Both of these things are kind of dueling. The evil versus less evil side are being um, dueled out right now in real time. How do I know this less evil angel of light side is not from God? Because the people who are promoting it are not acknowledging how we got here. We got here by rejection of God. And so the only way out of this, if we're going to survive God's judgment, is to acknowledge our sin and the sin of rejecting God and then repent. If there's no repentance, there's no saving us from the situation. So last, uh, how do we prepare? And the the thing that I would say, the exclamation point is there's never been a better time to know God. Look at how God protected the Hebrew babies from King Herod's edict. We have King Herod right now going on worldwide where people are essentially being ordered to do things that are going to kill them. So how do you prepare against an enemy who is after our soul? He's trying to kill us full time. How do you prepare for that? Do you build a bomb shelter? Do you get off grid? You know, you can't prepare for that. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego showed us how to prepare for it. Take a look at how God used Queen Esther. As Grace would say, you know, she was so cute. She would say, Dad, God's got this. And God truly does have this for those of us who have submitted to him. He's not sitting around panicking that Satan's doing these things. He warned us all ahead of time. And there has never been a more important time than today to start getting to know God and develop roots because he is the only one who can protect us from this evil agenda that has been unleashed on mankind. Thanks for listening today. I hope your week goes well.